Welcome to the MUFG Global Markets Podcast. I'm John Cook, and I'm joined today by Takehiro Sakito, Chief Japan Strategist for MUFG. It's Monday, June 12th, 2023. Welcome back to the podcast, Sakito-san. Good to be back. Good to have you. And man, you must have been busy last week. I think I saw, I think I counted rather, no less than four reports from you. Um, you know, a lot of good stuff there, you know, for the for the great benefit of, of me and our audience. Um, you know, so plenty to talk to or to talk about rather. Uh, why don't we kick off the episode by going through the JPY cross-asset publication that reviewed Japanese life insurance company fiscal year 2022 earnings. Japan's major life insurance companies reported higher insurance sales revenue by a fall in base profit in fiscal year 22. Japanese life has reported 181 trillion in marketable asset holdings at end fiscal year 22. End of March 2023, down 5.4% year over year. This included 81 trillion yen of JGBs, up 4.3% year over year. 12.9 trillion yen of domestic corporate bonds, down 9.8% year over year. 37 trillion yen of foreign bonds, down 24% year over year. 18 trillion yen of foreign stocks up 1.2% year over year, and 22 trillion yen of Japan stocks down 0.7%. In a fiscal year 22, Japanese lifers firstly cut their G10 bond holdings and quickly shifted to short term foreign bonds. Secondly, increased their GGB holdings, and thirdly, increased the relative weighting of cross currency swaps in hedging and reduced their currency hedging ratio while unloading foreign bonds. Going forward, we expect Japanese lifers firstly to show a strong, stronger preference for yields in the duration with their yen-denominated assets, and secondly, expand their holdings of non-marketable assets like domestic loans and real estates. And we think they will thirdly restore the weighting of foreign currency-denominated assets when they take currency risk. Uh, their Foreign currency insurance sales grow fast nowadays because of the high dollar interest rates and expand the weighting of short-term foreign bonds aimed at embodied dollar and euro yield conditions. However, currency hedging costs are high nowadays. Japanese lifers are all concerned with foreign currency hedging costs aimed at the popularity of foreign currency denominated insurance product sales. So we think they plan to diversify their assets under management and a boost base profit while sure greater preference for yen insurance products. Yeah, that that's that's very interesting. So just to you know a, a decrease of twenty four percent in foreign bond portfolios is pretty pretty meaningful. Um and mm-hmm. it, it was interesting to me to hear that you expect you know Japan to rebuild their foreign uh, currency denominated assets, um, you know, I guess not just necessarily bond, but just in general, um, you know, especially given high FX hedge costs and that sort of thing, you know, but, 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 you know, obviously that they will need those if they're, if the sales of non-yen denominated life insurance product are, are at robust as you described them. 
Um, so thanks for that. Uh, you know, move, moving on, but somewhat related, uh, you also put out a piece that analyzed the international transaction insecurities data from the Japanese Ministry of Finance. Uh, you know, this it's a great data set, you know, comes out every month, helps you kind of keep track of, of who's doing what in both, you know, foreign and domestic uh, domestic markets. Um, why don't you tell us what Japanese investors were up to in international markets and what international investors were doing in domestic Japanese markets during the month of May? In May, Japanese investors purchased a net 2.3 trillion yen of foreign securities announced by the Minister of Finance on June 8th. This included net purchase of 3 trillion yen of medium to long term foreign bonds and 303 billion yen of short term foreign bonds, as well as the net sales of foreign stocks and investment fund holdings amounting to 1 trillion yen. More specifically, Japanese banks accounted for the Lions of Lions share of this net acquisition of medium to long term falling bonds, 3 trillion yen, followed by securities companies like Japanese Mr. and Mrs. Watt, another by Noyuri Dashi, which purchased a net 322 billion yen. Meanwhile, the foreigners purchased a net 3 trillion yen of Japanese securities, including 2.7 trillion yen of Japan stocks and investment fund holdings, and 1 trillion yen medium to long term. Yen bonds. At the same time, they sold a net 406 billion yen of short-term yen bonds. In May, Japanese investors actively acquired foreign bonds after Golden Week, although foreigners showed, um, <coughs> slowed from their net purchase of 4 trillion yen in April. Their net purchase of Japanese stocks and investment fund holdings was still large, approaching 3 trillion yen. In April and May, cross-currency investment flows were robust in Tokyo market, and the preference of foreign investors for Japanese stocks and JGBs remained strong. Japanese investors realized gains and losses on foreign bonds at the start of the fiscal year, but then quickly reinvested their holdings. Yeah, it's been kind of interesting. You know, Japan, after selling, you know, a record amount of foreign bonds last year, Japan came out of the mm. gates buying bonds every single month in the first quarter. Um, mm. Things reversed pretty heavily in April, as you discussed, but they're back at it in, in May. And and you made the point that, you know, that Japanese banks purchased the lion's share of the foreign bonds. You know, I would I think that's, you know, you could sort of generalize that to be having Japanese banks really driving private price action this entire year. Um <laughs> And, you know, and also, you know, the foreign bond purchases uh, or foreign foreign purchases of Japanese uh, investments, you know, robust as well. So some pretty healthy two way flow there. Um, mm-hmm. So so switching topics, I think it'd be remiss to have a podcast on Japan and specifically Japanese financial markets without discussing the upcoming uh, Bank of Japan policy meeting. Uh, why don't you take us through? Why don't you take our listeners through what you're expecting from the BOJ uh, this Friday? The Bank of Japan, the BOJ, will hold this balanced monetary policy board meeting June 15th to 16th, and we expect it to keep monetary policy unchanged with a policy rate at 0.1, negative 0.1%, and target level for the 10-year JGBU at around 0%, plus minus uh, the 50 basis point range. And we expect the BOJ to maintain its uh, the 50 basis point yield curve control operation. Our sub-scenario is that the BOJ and the yield curve control operation in July with a 50% probability. And we feel there is a 20% probability that the BOJ will end the YCC in June and a 30% probability for September or later. 
Biogen Governor Kazuwega may change his view of the economy based on the uh, June Tankan survey to be released on July 3rd. And we keep eyes on the Governor Weta's views of the global financial system risk contagion uh, at the June BOJ meeting. He sounded a warning bell and uh, a comment uh, on the U.S. debt ceiling issue in a speech before the diet in May. Although the U.S. debt ceiling was ultimately resolved with minimal disruption, other risks abound. Any number of these risks could lead to the financial risk contagion for Japan's banking and life insurance company sectors. And the BOJ would clearly avoid making any changes to policy operations when financial risks are brewing around the world. Fiscal year 22, uh, financial earnings reports showed that, unlike U.S. regional banks, Japanese banks realized a bond valuation losses and cut their interest rate risk. However, Market watchers should not let down their guard in regard to financial risk, given the difficulty of analyzing how selling flows lead to bigger asset valuation drops. Remember that in December 2022, former BOJ governor Haruhiko Kuroda expanded the range for yield curve control operations, but the 50 basis point range was probably not the final form of the monetary policy. Governor Weta is expected to examine inflation and financial risks and manage monetary policy while also keeping the politics in mind. We maintain our view that the BOJ will make changes to yield curve control operations to address inflation in July or later if it considers the probability of global financial risk contagion low. Okay, so you continue to not expect them to change uh, change uh, policy, specifically abandon yield curve control at this meeting. However, you do assign a 30% probability to it, um, which is, oh no, I'm sorry, a 20, 20% probability to it, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. You obviously mentioned that they're keeping politics in mind. You're obviously referring to the, uh, you know, to, to speculation of a uh, of a snap election, um, you know, which that timing would probably happen for the, before the July BOJ meeting. Um, let's, you know, I think maybe we'll have an opportunity talk about a little bit a little bit of this a little more of this in uh in the conclusion where you take us through your views on spot dollar yen yen rate and yen basis dollar has recently traded around the 140 mark in june the view prevails that both the fmc and the boj's monetary policy board meeting will maintain the status quo in both countries however the subsequent <clears throat> policy decisions are less certain as they depend on inflation develops. The end of the diet, uh, diet's ordinary session, June 21st, is near. The opposition's uh, submission of a no-confidence motion in the, to the Kishida administration is expected to trigger the dissolution of the diet and a general election. We maintain a neutral bias on dollar-yen at 138.50 to 141.50. Yen rate swap lacks momentum in contrast with the rise of the Nikkei average and the dollar-yen. Aimed the numerous uh, TDB auctions in the immediate future, uh, in the coming future, a liquidity enhancement GGB auction 15.5 to 39 years on June 
thirteens will likely test the upside rates, JGB rates. We expect yen rate swap to have a neutral bias held in place between a yen fund supply demand flows in Tokyo market and a speculation about the BOJ's policy. The uh, yen basis curve widened slightly. According to the Ministry of Finance weekly securities flow data for May 28th to June 3rd, Japanese purchase net 778 billion yen of foreign securities. More specifically, they are net purchasers of medium to long-term foreign bonds, 524 billion yen, foreign stocks and investment bond holdings, 187 billion yen, and short-term foreign bonds, 116 billion yen. Japanese investors have been active as net purchases of foreign bonds for four consecutive weeks. Inward securities investments by foreigners amounted to 1.9 trillion yen, which consist, consisted of 1.8 trillion yen into short-term yen bonds, 610 billion yen into Japanese stocks investment bond holdings, and a net sales of medium to long-term yen bonds, 537 billion yen. It was a tense consecutive week in which foreigners were net purchasers of Japanese stocks. We maintain a neutral bias for yen basis because both foreign and Japanese investment flows are robust and balanced well. Okay, well, that's amazing. So 10, 10 weeks in a row of foreign <laughs> buying of Japanese stocks, um, and that you know, a, a, and you said you're neutral on the basis, which is kind of interesting. Also goes back mm -hmm. to the you know, but that's you know that that ties into the fact that there's been robust foreign buying of Japanese mm -hmm. assets as well, um, or sorry, a robust buying of, uh, of of Japanese investors, robust buying of foreign assets. So that's that's kind of mm -hmm. well, you know, heavy flows two way, but kind of well balanced, leaving you neutral on yen basis. You're also neutral on a yen rate as well as dollar and yen, although a bit of a stable, unstable, perhaps unstable equilibrium, giving dollar yen's trading right at 140 here. So it'd be interesting to see how that goes. Um, as you mentioned, you know the this this week's policy meetings, the the Fed and the BOJ, they're both not expected to do anything. Obviously, a lot of that, at least in the U.S., is subject to tomorrow's CPI print. So we'll see it there. Um, but but policy decisions later on in the year, perhaps as early as July for the BOJ, become a bit more interesting. So, a mm -hmm. uh, lot, lot of good stuff here. Really, thank you for uh, taking us through it, Sakita-san. Thanks for having me, John. And thank you for listening to the MUFG Global Markets Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And reach out to your MUFG sales rep for any further information. Check back soon for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team. <laughs>